0: the optimal life
1: so a few days post runners high here you are still with the smile on your face um quite an accomplishment a few days ago you still yeah, flying thank you high
0: you so much yeah um mentally i'm so happy and thrilled just thinking about the race and reliving it in my mind it brings a big smile um but uh, physically, I'm still so sore. I can barely walk and I'm like crawling up and down the stairs.
1: Oh, I believe that. Well, <laughs> at a crazy pace of what was it? Six minutes and what was it? It was period? about
0: six minutes and 18 seconds per six mile. And
1: 18 seconds for 26 plus miles. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs>
1: was that your personal? Was that a PR for you?
0: Yes, this was um, a personal best for me by a little under a minute, but this was my best performance by far because this course was much more challenging than the course that I had done to get my previous personal record. This marathon had quite a few hills that were really long and grindy. So I'm, I'm especially proud of this race.
1: Where was your previous race?
0: So last fall, I had raced the Columbus Marathon, and I had placed third there within a time of two forty seven.
1: Oh, okay, All right. and this was two forty six forty six. Yeah, quite a yeah. number. Quite a number. That's interesting. I didn't know Cleveland was really known for the hills. It's usually a, a fairly flat course, correct?
0: Yeah, there is some. There's a long flat stretch out on Lake Road, but. Um, There's a lot, especially the first half of the race, there's just lots of bridges and we're going up and down over over overpasses that, I mean, I was a bit surprised too that uh, they found a way to find so many hills.
1: So before we get into all this race stuff and running and all that, um, let's, let's start with something that's, you know, real life stuff that hits home. You've got kids, right?
0: Mm-hmm, yep. I have three-year-old twins.
1: You have three-year-old twins. I assume you saw what happened in Texas yesterday.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I did.
1: But what, what, what's what as a parent, cause I've, I've got three and uh, you know, one of mine is actually a fourth grader. Um, when you see something like that, it's got, it's, it's so devastating. What was your reaction to it?
0: Um. I burst into tears and honestly I can't even think about it without um, getting really emotional. Um, I'm devastated. This was so tragic and I'm just so frustrated at the whole situation because it, it doesn't really feel like anything is being done about, about these kind of tragedies.
1: Right. We all sit there and admire the problem and point fingers and, say never again, or prayers to the family. We're thinking of you, prayers, prayers, but what's really being done proactively for, for our kids to be protected in schools. There's, there's so many, there's, there's, there's obviously money. The government has money to to put into programs in times of emergencies, as we've learned over the last year, uh, especially over the last few months, even in international foreign affairs. Why are we not doing that same thing to protect our children in schools? I mean, my my heart is just bleeding right now. I, I I was barely productive at work today, to be quite honest with you.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm at I'm at a last loss for words. Um, I I don't I don't I don't know what to say.
1: Seeing I, the pictures of those little kids is gut wrenching. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen any of them, but it's it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah,
0: it 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 is. I. I You know, it's just too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I saw that you had kids and it's like, we want to talk about running, but uh, I'd be remiss to not talk about such a crazy issue that's happening. I don't know how old you are, but I remember I was, I think, a senior in high school when Columbine happened. Mm -hmm. That was 99. And, uh, And there, there was really, that was really the first time there was a school shooting to that magnitude. It was that never happened 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, here we are where it's almost like on the regular there's some kind of mass shooting. It's very disturbing.
0: It really is. It's it's very it's really scary. It makes me consider wanting to homeschool my children Mm. or and protect them and keep them inside. But I also understand that that's not a healthy way to live your life either. Um, So. I mean, I'm not quite sure what will be the impetus to create change, but I am a firm believer that gun laws should be regulated more. I don't know how an 18-year-old got a hold of assault rifles. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's how. I don't think it should be easy to access those weapons. I don't know why there's not stronger background checks. I don't. I I don't understand. I feel like many of these situations could be prevented.
1: This is definitely, I agree with that to a certain extent with, with the gun laws and, and, you know, harder laws in that regard. This is a major mental health breakdown in our society, mental illness, mental health, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of look at like what you do and I look at what other people have done in terms of their fitness and in terms of clearing their mind and I just think to myself, huh, if this guy was a runner, if this kid who was so depressed and so whatever, manic and crazy, you know, just was able to maybe start finding an outlet, a healthy outlet of some sort, would he have committed this atrocious act? What are your thoughts about the uh, basically, you know, running, for an example, let's just use what you do. What are your thoughts about the correlation? Does running, can running help people on the mental health side?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, well, we can never say for certainty what would have happened if he was a runner, but um, I do think that running is in general great for mental health. Um, It's a great way to clear the mind and, sometimes you can start a run and feel very stressed. And by the time you come back, the big problems don't seem so big anymore. Mountains become molehills. Um, and yeah, you do get endorphins. You get to be out in nature, you get to breathe deeply and it can be very calming or it can be really invigorating. I mean, it generally, it always lifts up your mood. So, um,
1: I yeah, think I in mean, both
0: cases, it can be very helpful.
1: It can't hurt, right? I yeah. mean, you see so many people that are struggling with depression or these, these anger issues. The society has been crazy. Obviously, COVID's really thrown a, a wrench into everyone's lives over the last several years. It's just everywhere you look, there's there's the mental health breakdowns. And um, I think one thing that's that's not focused on enough is this is is exercise the physical fitness the running listen of course just because you're a runner doesn't mean that you're not a bad person i mean there's some psychos out there that might like to go for a, a little jog here and there but i'm talking about the ones that are like really like when they're in the darkest of places like this where a human life doesn't mean anything to them especially a young kids i can't see this type of person if he w- or she were to go out for a, a three five ten mile jog clear your mind find a purpose find a focus work towards something work towards. i can't imagine that that person would then go back home at night and plot such an atrocious act I, I just don't see it
0: right yeah um there is a casual thing that gets thrown around that running is my therapy um I know that um, people with depression have helped treat their depression with running in combination with maybe talk therapy or uh, potential medication, but I do think it's, it's widely accepted in the therapeutic world that general exercise and movement is a key part in um, overcoming mental health issues such as depression and anxiety.
1: When did you get into running? How long ago?
0: So I started running in 2009 when I joined the cross-country team at Ohio Northern University, which is a Division III school. Prior to that, I was a pretty accomplished gymnast, sprinter, hurdler, and pole vaulter. So I was quite speedy in the short distances. But um, so starting the distances in college, that was a completely new experience for me.
1: Good old, was it Ada, Ohio? Is that how you say it, Adam? Ada? Ada?
0: <laughs> yeah, Ada, Ohio.
1: Yeah, see, so you, you're impressed with that one, aren't you? <laughs> um, so you started running the long distances in college. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that long ago. I, I mean, 2009 to now, 13 years later, here mm-hmm. you are pulling off such an incredible accomplishment. Being first overall in women's um, with a time of 246, 46, as we mentioned. You were fifth overall Mm -hmm. in the entire field, men and women. So there are only four men that had a better time. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you, did you, when you started running those distances back in college, did you ever think to yourself, Hey, not only am I going to be really good at this, but I'm going to ultimately be winning marathons down the road.
0: Oh no, absolutely not. Because when I started distance running, I was not particularly good at it. I enjoyed going out for the run but I did not enjoy racing. I didn't enjoy the hard intervals. I thought it, it hurt so much. Um, so, and I just, I wasn't very good at it right away. Um, I, I don't really know if I even scored a point on the team. So, uh, so no, no, I'm very, very surprised at the progress that I've made. I can just attribute my success to never stopping my run training. So I always enjoyed running, minus the early on, I did not like the races and the intervals, particularly because I just wasn't running them correctly. I just thought everything was a sprint. But anyway, over time, as I started to learn how to pace myself, I just enjoyed the act of running. And so when I graduated college, I just continued to run year round. I always did my daily run i sign up for races here and there. And uh, if you just stick with it and train consistently, you will get better. And so every year I was just getting a little bit better, a little bit better, until finally if you stack enough years on top of one another, you may be good enough to win a marathon.
1: <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's am- I mean, how, lo- how many miles did you- have you been putting in, like, on a weekly basis over the last several years?
0: Well, so my mileage has changed drastically over the years. When I first started in college, um, because I was new to running, you keep your miles lower. So I was running about 35 miles a week. But now, over the years, you keep gradually adding more miles.
1: Wait, let me just interrupt you real quick, Ashton. Because people are listening going, thirty-five, I haven't run 35 miles over the course of my lifetime. And you're doing that in one week and you're saying it wasn't that much back then. So uh, this is all relative, right? Like In general,
0: you know, it's like three to four miles a day and with a weekly long run of about eight. Mm, So, I mean, that's not a huge time commitment every day in general. And so, so
1: back then you're putting in 35 a week, which, of course, in the world that you were living in wasn't a whole lot. You know, right. for the average person, it could be a, it could be a ton, but okay. So go ahead. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's, it's all relative um, right. for a college running program that could be considered on the low end of miles. Um, but now the last 12 weeks of my marathon training in prep for the Cleveland marathon, I was running between 85 and 95 miles a week. Wow. Yeah. Cow. So I do that by running. Uh, sometimes I run twice a day so that helps me get those miles up.
1: So take us through this program. The, you mentioned this this last race because I'm looking at you and your progression over the years and I look back to the 2019 Cleveland Marathon and you came in 19th in the women's. And that was just 3 years ago. And oh, here we yeah. are Three years later, and I think you came in 81st overall in 2019. Mm -hmm. And here you are in 2022, you come in first. So you go from 19th to first, three years later, and uh, fifth overall out of almost 1,000 participants. (laughs) Yeah. Tech, I I mean, what have you done? I I know you say just consistent, consistent, consistent. Mm -hmm. But what were you, especially between 2019 to 2022? Take us through, what what have you done to really improve yourself to get to the top of the heap?
0: Okay, so I will say that prior to me having kids, I was running a little more recreationally. And so my mileage was on the lower side. I wasn't training as rigorously as I am now. So after I had kids, I got inspired to start training harder because there were all these women that were qualifying for the Olympic marathon trials for 2020. And that time was a 245. And that just really inspired me. And so I kind of I set my own goal, my own OTQ goal of I wanted to break three hours in the marathon. And so that was that became my Olympic dream was breaking three hours in the marathon. So after I had kids in 2018, that's when I really amped up my training. And I found a uh, a more difficult training plan that had more miles. I got back into workouts and long runs. And really that was when I kind of, I started to take off. Now in 2019, um, when I ran that race, I was just a few months postpartum. Oh, so okay. I wasn't as, you know, I was still coming back. I was, wasn't still coming still-
1: back. She comes in 19th place out of all the women. That's not, that's <laughs> not so bad.
0: But then that fall was when I did break three hours. The fall of 2019 was when I broke my three hours in the marathon. And that was really where I started to feel like if I can break three hours in the marathon, I can do anything. Let's keep this train rolling. I'm going to keep training. I want to keep pushing my limits. And then that's really when uh, my time started dropping.
1: Th- that's huge. Actually. I- I'm th- thinking about that. Cause I think your time was what, 3:22, something like that in mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. When you came in 19th place. And then you said, and, th- and that was in May. I mean, that was literally three years ago, almost to the date. Mm-hmm. And then you said in the fall. So just a few months later, you then broke the three hours. So you almost, you were running at almost a minute off per mile on your pace in a short period of time.
0: Yes. Well, 2019 was also an unusually hot year. It was, it was like 80 some degrees during that race. Um, I was breastfeeding. I had to pump before and after the race. So there were other things going on. And prior to pregnancy, I had run a marathon. My, my marathon PR was 312. Okay. So in, in my eyes, I only needed to improve 12 minutes to break three hours right. in the so like
1: 25 seconds or something there about per mile
0: yeah, yeah something
1: absolutely. like that yeah it's yeah. still
0: I mean it Which was still
1: a lot enormous though enormous People...
0: jump yeah yes
1: yes it is so that had to be okay so basically after that once you ate were able to go from the 322 mark still postpartum doing all these things and then a few months later with continued work 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 you go to the next marathon and you run uh, you break the three hour mark that mm-hmm. you, you believe that that was a huge moment for you psychologically.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And and then you just said, okay, now the sky's the limit. Like at that point, did you get the itch? Like I'm, did you, did you set this goal for yourself? I'm going to win the Cleveland marathon one day at that point.
0: Oh no, no, that yeah, still yeah. wasn't the, the goal because I had seen what it takes to win the Cleveland marathon before. And, uh, it still just felt out of reach at that time. But I, what I thought about was, well, if I can get five minutes faster next season, and then five minutes faster, the following season, hey, maybe by, you know, in the future, maybe one day I can win one of these things. But it was always a long term goal. I never viewed it as the next I didn't think like, I'll get it the next race. I I knew that it was going to be a work in progress and that someday I would have. But that
1: you knew that you maybe had a chance. Maybe now you're in the conversation.
0: I do. I I have a lot of belief in myself. I'm a very positive, optimistic person.
1: So take us through this championship training program that you must have done this past time. So what (laughs) did Ashton's program look like? Take us from the beginning to the end, you know, generally speaking, what were you doing on a daily, weekly basis in terms of running, in terms of food, sleep, everything that goes into it?
0: Yeah. So in order to train at a very high level, in general, you have to live a pretty healthy lifestyle. So I get nine hours of sleep by um, going to bed around 10 and waking up at seven every day. My kids are excellent sleepers. I've trained them to be excellent sleepers. So that's that's good for me. Um, you know, I eat a fairly healthy diet, three square meals a day and snacks. Um, now,
1: and so, are, you eating, are you eating a lot of carbs?
0: Oh, almost exclusively. Have to, I'm, yeah. We live a, a vegan lifestyle at my house and, uh, I mean, we've chosen that for ethical reasons primarily, but I do think it can be a very healthy diet for endurance athletes because it is so high in carbohydrates and it's a very nutrient dense diet in general. You just have to watch, um, that, uh, plant-based foods are generally high fiber. So you kind of want to watch that before your runs to make sure you're not running to the bathroom. So you kind of have to, you know, think about that a little strategically. Um, And, uh, so when it comes to my training, what I do is, uh, so I was running about 85 to 95 miles a week. And so my long run was between 20 and 24 miles. And I would have really long stretches of that at my marathon goal pace or my marathon effort. So I would, you know, try to do 12 to 16 miles at a pace that I would like to hold for the marathon. And uh, And
1: that was at like a six and a half minute pace or something there about.
0: Yeah, I was training at around that six fifteen mark.
1: Six fifteen. Okay.
0: These runs, and And then you do it.
1: And people that are listening, you you have to realize she's doing this uh, like day after day after day. How do how do you uh, alleviate the soreness?
0: Well, there are some strategies to help you recover better. So after a run. I make sure that I eat something almost right away, something with protein and carbs. I always make sure that I eat before a run as well, so I have energy. And then if you get good sleep, that helps tremendously in your recovery. And uh, I'm a physical therapist, so I have extensive knowledge on a zillion exercises that can help keep me strong and hopefully you know injury proof as much as possible and uh, do you
1: ice do you do ice bath or any icing
0: no i don't do you ice
1: don't. okay
0: no nah, the research on that is a little iffy and i just don't particularly enjoy it so I focus. On my...
1: a lot of stretching post-run correct nope no mm-hmm. stretching no <laughs> what is happening here how do you, how I do know. you do this
0: So stretching in general in the research hasn't been shown to reduce injury risk. Um, it can make somebody feel good. So I'm not really going to discourage people from stretching, but, uh, it's not,
1: you don't stretch before the race before you start running either.
0: Well, I do something called a dynamic warm up, which is more like movements through a large range of motion. So it may look like leg swings or, um, lunges, or kind of like just jogging in place, things like that to get your body warmed up properly. But it's, it's not your traditional, like, touch your toes for 30 seconds and hold it.
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I interrupted you. I, I'm asking you to tell us the program, then I start asking oh, you a bunch sure. of other questions. So, um, so you were go back, you were saying that you're doing okay, 80 to 90 miles a week, I think you said and
0: yeah. Up to 95. Um, and then during my weekdays, my runs are usually like 10 to 15 miles and then t- with, um, an interval workout in there and then two or three times a week, I would run twice a day. And when I did on, on those days that I ran twice, I would push my kids in the double stroller.
1: And no I call those. Way.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. I called that my, I call those my double stroller doubles. Um, and so with
1: a lucky group of 3-year-olds, get to go on a, they get to go on a roller coaster th- twice a week. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it was it's fun for them. They really enjoy How it. How many
1: miles are you running when you're pushing them?
0: So when I push them, that's my sh- those are my shortest runs. So I'll like push them in the stroller about 5 miles in the morning and then later in the afternoon when they're taking their nap, that's when I go out and do my longer run of the day, which would be roughly 10 to 15 miles. My husband works from home, so don't worry. I'm not leaving the kids alone at that home. Makes
1: it, well, I assume having a partner, a husband that's able to support. I mean, because you're, you're putting so much time and dedication into this lifestyle.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm so lucky to have a supportive husband. Um, he supports my training and my my racing. And he's like me. I mean, he's the one who got me into distance running um, because he was on the cross country and track team with me back at Ohio Northern. And while he doesn't run anymore, currently he's an avid cyclist. So, I mean, he's still an endurance junkie. And so we switch on and off our exercising. We have to coordinate. It's like, all right, you're with the kids. I go run. And then when I come back, it's your turn and I'll watch the kids.
1: Yeah. No doubt about it, especially with how much you're putting into it. Not surprised. Mm -hmm. So you're doing the two a days. You've got the kids. That's incredible. That had to help that had to be a help because you're, you're running with resistance.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I consider it to be a bit of a strength workout. So, um, so, so yeah, I do think it was helpful. So that's the
1: secret. We were trying to unlock the secret this whole time. There you go, folks. If you're a female and you're running in the race, push your kids, maybe you'll have a chance.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, it, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It, it made the runs more interesting for me. I mean, but you do have to lower your expectations on these runs. Like these runs were very chill. I was not trying to hit a pace. I mean, you have to be, you know, I expected that we were going to have to stop because my kids would like take off their shoe and throw it or, uh, you know, they'd uh, right. want to stop and look at a duck. So oh, yeah, they yeah. were very casual runs Um,
1: But it helps. I mean, the, the, the resistance running, running with, uh, I don't know, weighted vests, running uphills, those are all, those are all good for the stamina, correct? Mm.
0: You know, you have to really watch how much stress you put on the body. You don't just want stress for the sake of stress. So I, I wouldn't really encourage, you know, the weight vest thing, because then that's just additional pounding on your joints. But the stroller is a little bit different because uh um, I I would I would reduce my effort level. So I was always running at the same level of perceived exertion. It would just so it would just be slower. But you know, let's say if 10 out of 10 is like a sprint and zero is like a, a walk, you're standing still, I would, you know, I would still keep it at like a three out of 10 level. Right. Yeah. So it was still. Yes. Fairly-
1: but, but you, I would, I would imagine that after those types of runs, when you actually just ran freely, it felt a little easier.
0: Yeah. It did feel nice. Cause then I got to use my arms. Yes. <laughs> my arms it's forward. almost
1: like the hill run too a hill versus a, just a flat land or a decline. The, mm-hmm. the hill running is, is that part of your regimen at all?
0: Oh, yes. It I'm. Is. I think part of the reason I did well in Cleveland and uh, dealt with those hills so well is because I live in a very hilly area in general. There's not a flat stretch of road near me. So I'm quite accustomed to going up and down hills. It definitely makes you stronger.
1: So, okay. So that your program was, you have these various days, the two a days, the 85, 90, 95 miles a week for someone that's more relatively new to this thing and they want to, start planning for a marathon? What what, what do you suggest? How many miles should they start with? I've seen 12 week programs, 16 week, eight week programs. Is there a program that you would suggest just generally speaking?
0: Um, So I think if you're a beginner runner, I mean, if you've never run before, then I would say, you know, give yourself a year to prep for a marathon because you want to you, you do not want to rush it because that's just asking for injury if you increase your miles too much. So, um, I would say in general, I know that there's a plan called Hal Higton. I've never done it before. Um, but I have heard that that's, that's a pretty good program for beginners. Uh, you know, I think if you can on those weekdays, if you can get out most days and, and run for 30 to 60 minutes, um, and then have a longer run every weekend that gets progressively longer, maybe adding a mile or two. Um, you know, you could be in, you could be ready for a marathon per, and, and maybe take it a, a few days off a week as your is body strength,
1: is strength training important.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I believe strength training is important. It helps build up the resiliency of the muscles and the bones and the tendons and the cartilage to, withstand the stresses of, of running.
1: Would you say, do you do a lot of leg exercises? And if so, which ones?
0: Yeah. So when I am, well, when I'm in really, you know, in the depths of marathon training, my, my strength training does take a bit of a backseat because my focus is mostly on the running. However, when I'm in more of my off season, then I will do more strength training, but In general, you want to work multi-directional movements, things like side lunges, forward lunges, backward lunges, um, side planks, clamshells, things that use your balance, single leg deadlifts. Um, Yeah, so it's primarily a focus on on the legs and the
1: core. Have you ever gotten emotional running?
0: Yeah, I like almost burst into, I, I was crying when I saw the finish line and I was just about to break the tape. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, because I was so happy.
1: Were there, was, was there it, a whole line of people lined up at the finish line, cheering as you were running through?
0: Yes. Yeah, they, the people of Cleveland were lining the course on both sides. So it felt like kind of like running through a tunnel of right. people cheering for me. And uh, I mean, it was just extra special because my running jersey said CLE Racing. I'm on a team, CLE Racing. And so I think being a, like a hometown runner gave me, a, you know, some extra cheers. Um, so it just felt so special to win the Cleveland Marathon in my Cleveland running singlet
1: top. And what do you think it was? What was making you get emotional? Well, dig into that if you don't mind.
0: Oh, because it it was a dream come true. Uh, You know, I I never imagined myself winning marathons a few years ago. But um, once I had that like breaking three moment, I just kind of felt like if I'm patient and stick with it, I will have my day someday. And it just it finally it finally happened. It took incredible, you know, it took about, you know, three, you know, I guess you could say I've been running for 13 years or 12, 12 years. So it took 12 years to do it. But um, I mean, that that race was actually ended up being years in the making.
1: Yes. And, 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 and the kids and the challenges of life and all the hours that you put into this sport, all the, you dedicate, this is a, this is 80 hours a week. I mean, that's just a culmination of, of so much hard work.
0: Yeah. And I think the combination of the runner's high and the, yeah, I mean, it just, it was a lot of things that, you know, you're getting endorphins and, and the stress hormones and just, so it was just a lot. So it was hard not to just.
1: And what is life like that day, the following couple days after? I know you're still smiling. What is it? What is life like after you win the Cleveland marathon? Is business as usual or? Are you getting hit up by a bunch of people? You feel overwhelmed. You feel joyous. What What are you feeling?
0: <laughs> well, it's, I'm definitely enjoying these five minutes of fame. I know that it will be short-lived because runners don't, in, in general, they don't get a whole lot of recognition because running's not a very popular sport. It's a very individual sport. The people who do it are very passionate about running, but, um, so I'm just, I'm really enjoying it's really fun to have people say, wow, great job. That was incredible because, you know, people don't know. There's a lot of people that don't know that I'm a runner. So I surprise some people. I surprise wow. my neighbors. They don't <laughs> but, know? Uh,
1: they don't see you running all the time?
0: They do, but they don't. But you know, they see like run yeah. past the house, but they don't know that, you know, where I'm going.
1: Sure,
0: But I do think I'm fairly recognizable around hudson nobody knows nobody like knows my name but i do think people are like oh there's that blonde runner going past <laughs> there the she house goes
1: again yeah
0: there she goes but they don't they don't know well, now me. they
1: know now they know most of now them may, know now. Yeah,
0: now they may know that's but, uh, awesome
1: that's yeah. absolutely incredible well I, I really this is insightful it's inspirational to talk to people like you people that are committed to a cause, committed to something that they dedicate to. And what I find fascinating about, about running is that unless you're disabled or you have some issue, anybody can do this, right? Like
0: In general, anybody could, could run,
1: activity. right? Unless there's a, an issue. I'm not saying anybody can go out and run marathons or, but, but if you put in the time and, uh, and the effort, you can get out there and run a 5k.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Or you could walk a 5k and there's nothing wrong with walking. I just, I think the world would be a better place if people can just move and engage in any sort of exercise or movement that brings them joy. Um, so yeah, whether it's, it's running or it's lifting or it's gardening, like, I think people just need to find what they're passionate about, move and, and love it.
1: And you never know what might happen. You never know how far you can go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So you stick with it long though. enough. If you're consistent, you, you can get better and you know, it's fun to see how good, how good you can get.
1: Yeah. You're your biggest uh, challenge and opponent. You are your own opponent. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. I bet you, if I look through that field of 975 participants, there's probably quite a few of them that are up there in age. This oh, you absolutely. can run, you can run sixties into your sixties, seventies. And finish a marathon. It's not about how fast you go. It's about just getting it done.
0: Absolutely. I hope I'm one of those people who are, I'm just going to say, I I will be. (laughs) I will be (laughs) one of those people who are running into their 90s, 100s. That's
1: beautiful. That'd be beautiful. Uh, Last question before you go. What's next? What's your next goal now?
0: Well, um, I'm going to spend some time working on my top end speed. So I'm going to have a short 5K, 10K season. So, I'll be hitting up the local road races that are smaller around town. And then I'm going to amp up training come the end of summer. Um, and so I can uh, train for the Detroit Marathon in the fall.
1: Nice. So, the next big one is going to be Detroit later this year.
0: Yes. I, I'm almost positive that's where okay. I'm
1: heading. When is that? Is that September, October?
0: That's mid October.
1: Mid October. Okay. Mm-hmm. mid-October we will be watching you uh-huh. yeah. thank you so much Ashton this is great this is very insightful continued success to you uh if you guys want to check out Cleveland Marathon results we've linked it up in the show notes take a look click on the links and you could go and peruse and see what else is going on now you got to come back do they le- at least let you come back for 2023 like the honorary winner from last year do they you know put the dog and pony show the red carpet How, does, do you know anything about that
0: Maybe I can uh, swing them to count my entry next year.
1: They better at least do that.
0: (laughs) Because right now I'm still out $110, just like (laughs) everyone else.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hey, uh, awesome stuff. And uh, we will be rooting for you. Thank you so much again, Ashton.
0: All right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so flattered once again that uh, you even wanted to speak to me.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Optimal Life Podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And you could also leave a review. Apple Podcasts, of course, you could leave reviews and ratings. Spotify, you could leave reviews and ratings. And several and many other podcast apps wherever you may be listening. Please tell a friend, tell a family member, let them know about the podcast. And we will see you next time.